Can I have everyone's attention, please? We're about to start our coffee TED Talk. I don't know. Welcome to the TED Talk. So, um, we're going to get to it in a second. Actually, I, I just want to ask. Okay, so, I got a Cloud9. Wait, Rachel, what'd you get? Yeah, you have to, like, say it in the microphone. Do, uh, say your name and your jet coffee. My name is Rachel, and I got Cookie. Please refrain. Yo, that just gave me an idea. No, I'm joking. Please refrain. Uh, I'm Abby, and I also got cooking. Two cookies? Wow. I'm Isaac, Isaac, and I got a cloud nine. Heck yeah. So two cloud nines. Yeah, give a hand clap for all the coffee. Who got a cloud nine? Raise your hand if you got a cloud nine. Raise your hand if you got an avalanche. Raise your hand if you got the cookie. Raise your hand if you got Happy Gilmore. Boo. Star Boo. Star Shout out to Gilmore Girls. Just kidding. I love Gilmore Girls. I was about to say. No, it's not, it's, no, there's a movie called Happy Gilmore. It's not Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah, You're right. You're right. There is a movie. I just think of the Gilmore Girls. I'm sorry. They're both this. I feel like they're, no, they're not the same. Anyways. Um, okay. So just last month, right? Last month, we just came back from a missions trip. Um and it was, I mean, we can all say that it was phenomenal. This was, this was a really good uh, missions trip. Um, so I want to kind of explain the importance of a missions trip. Because I think, I think sometimes we don't, like, it's not always preached about, like, how good a missions trip really is. And, like, some people have had different experiences. Um, and so we just kind of want to lay the groundwork, obviously, with, with Rachel, Abby, and Isaac, all three that have come on the, uh, on the trip. And we just want to kind of lay the groundwork of why a mission ship is so important. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a re- quote the scripture uh, about missions. Can you all stop talking? Thank you. Um, I'm going to reference Matthew 28, 16 through 20, and then we're going to go into this whole segue into the, uh, into the questions. And they will share their own testimony about um, the trip and what they experienced as well. So a lot of us know the scripture, but I'm going to just reiterate. Matthew 28, 16 through 20, it says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and I, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Another translation, it might be, I think it's in one of the other Gospels as well, it says to preach the Gospel in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, it's not just here in America that you need to share the gospel. Does that make sense? You don't, it's not just here. It's everywhere else. Everywhere else just needs the gospel just as much as America needs the gospel. And because we've become so center oriented, we miss everybody else that needs it. And we just think it's for us. So the two things Jesus said that I think is very, very important, all authority in heaven and on earth and go to all nations and preach the gospel. All authority. Right now, like for example, as believers, we have authority. We have genuine authority over not just not just the things of this earth, but even against the devil and his own demons. You understand? We have an authority that nobody, no person that does not know Jesus has. Does that make sense? 
So when you when when a mission trip is put is brought up, everyone's like, well, even Pastor Brenna said this. Well, I should pray about it and see. You don't have to pray about going. You have you need to go. The Bible says to go to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel. And that's what Jesus was saying. And so there has to be a time in your heart where you're like, okay, I have authority. And when I go there, the Lord's with me. And when stuff happens, Jesus is doing something in that circle. So when you realize you have all authority, just like Jesus has authority, because when you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And then when you have the Holy Spirit, now Jesus lives inside of you. That also means if Jesus has authority, that means you and your spirit, you have authority. And I don't know why we become wimps in the spirit, because we're not supposed to be wimps in the spirit. We're not supposed to be afraid of the the things of this world or even the principalities. We were called to have authority over that. Does that make sense? So you need to know very loud and clear that you have been given authority in heaven and on earth through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, to to trump those things demons, the things of this earth. The Bible says to preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick. That's what we're called to do. So when you don't believe or truly understand that you can do that, you will live in unbelief. He even said they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Some of them doubted when he was alive. So if they doubted he was alive, how can they believe that they can cast out a demon or they can heal the sick or they can pray for the people who are broken? How can they do that if they don't believe that for themselves? So you have to really believe in that authority. You have to believe in that authority. And then to all the nations, the purpose of God is to be reconciled with all humanity. Like I said, not just a place that you're at, but everywhere. Everywhere it's supposed to be. Now it's a lot easier now with social media. But it does mean some people don't have that. Some people don't have those things. And so you have to truly understand that when he says to go to all nations, he meant it. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. It was a command to go and do that. And if you're not doing it, there's a disobedience being placed in your life. So when you're not doing what God told you, there's a level of disobedience that's happening, and God is calling us to do that. He's not saying to go on every single mission trip known to mankind. But what he's saying is is that you need to experience, because for us, this mission trip, because I went on a mission trip before them last year, and it changed my life, and I know for sure it changed theirs. So you need to understand to go on a mission trip is that what he means by all nations. It's not just your state. Yes, do great in your state. But if you can't, if you're not even doing anything in your state, at least try to do it somewhere else. At least try to put the effort in. So a mission trip is very, very important because Jesus told us so. Amen. He told us so. He told us to do this. So now we're going to discuss it. And um, we all have memory. We all have like our little core memories of what you know what's happened at this uh, on this mission trip. Uh, some crazy stuff, some life changing stuff. Seeing people changed by the Lord, us having that same experience in a different way. That's what a mission trip is supposed to do. So um, I want to show off a couple. We have a couple pictures up here from the uh, retreat. So that was the youth neon night. If you were on Instagram and you saw the the post. We went out and like shared the shared the gospel to these students at the neon night. You can you can continue. So that was a huge picture of some of the students that were there, dude. They were excited to see Americans there. 
Like we were, uh, I know Rachel had an influence on a couple of them. Her and Abby were with them a lot. Uh, me, Isaac, uh, his brother, David, Simeon, we were all in that group and they were just excited to see us there because, because it showed me how much of a privilege it is to live here in the sense of what they don't have. Because what they don't have, what they don't have and they see on us, they just, they idolize, they kind of worship it in a way. And that's, and that's, and that breaks our heart because it shouldn't even be that way for them, but it is. So seeing them and they were really excited. And then we had our worship said the worship was incredible. Actually, what happened was we went into, um, we were, we had a DJ there and it was, and it was like awesome. It was like a party and everything. So we were like, how is this going to turn from a DJ party to a worship set? We didn't know how it worked, but they played a worship song at the end. That was really, really cool. They played a worship song at the end and it just transitioned us into worship. They did oceans in Spanish. So they did oceans in Spanish and everybody was worshiping right in between because we were all sweating because in Costa Rica, they have no AC. I think AC is expensive. So we were just sweating buckets and just having a lot of fun. But then when the worship song came on, the whole atmosphere changed. And then we were able to jump into worship. This was actually, I'm for, uh, where was this? This was, uh, huh? It was a market. Yeah, it was one of the shopping markets that we went to like to like get uh, merchandise and food and all that. You can go to the next one. This was, I think this was the children's, uh, yeah. yeah. So we had, so Ms. Dixie created a VBS, uh, which is, what, what was the VBS again? That was like a, uh, it was Victor, Victory in Christ. Yeah. Well, what, what Victoria was, it was Victory? Christo, yeah. Victoria in Christ. That's what a VBS is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, tripping. Oh, Vacation Bible you School. You pastors should notice. Vacation Bible School. Bible School. Okay. I'm looking at James. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so we did a couple of VBSs and Miss Dixie had a skit ready and then she, it was a cute little skit. And then she presented the gospel to the, to the children. It was really, really precious. Again, I don't need to see that again. Get that all out of there. We already saw one. Uh, homeboy, Mr. Samuel was worshiping Jesus right here. The atmosphere really changed. We had, uh, uh, Simeon, Isaac, and, uh, David. They were singing with us as well. Um, yeah, the, the presence of God really hit that night on the neon night. And I want to hone in on that for a second because that night we, uh, I preached a message that I preached at the lunch bash. I talked about not being too young to be used by God. Just not just the first Timothy 412 thing. Don't let anyone look down on you and because you're young. And when that happened, we had a couple of, uh, students come up to get prayed over. They were giggling. They didn't know what was going on because we just spoke English. They just spoke a bunch of Spanish. But as the atmosphere was changing and as the Lord was just moving, you you could just hear that. I could hear, me and the translator could hear the weeping and the students, and they were just really being ministered by the Lord. And and what's crazy, and I'm gonna talk about that at the end. I don't want to waste too much time, but but we had a. It was just Holy Spirit moments that just happened. And it just it eradicated the room, and it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I know we have more pictures. This was another, uh, we were just traveling through. It was, it was a lot of climbing. I was about to say that there was a lot of weird areas where we were climbing. It was a little like unstable. So it was a little weird climbing. This was one of the schools that we went into. There was a door that closed in Costa Rica that we couldn't minister to. So the Lord opened the door to the school and we were able to minister to those kids. And there's Pastor Todd. We, we were able to give out candy and coloring books to these kids. And they were just, they were like, oh my gosh, thank y'all so much. Cause they don't have all that. Costa Rica, the, the areas in Costa Rica, they were very, like it was very, it was a lot of poor people. They didn't have ACs. They didn't have, um, they barely had enough supplies for anything at their school. So we were able to bless them. Just more pictures, more pictures. There's justice. 
Um, we had the black neon blackout night. It was like, there's Isaac. Isaac, I took a close shot on Isaac and I was like, I need to put this for our coffee talk. And dude, this church was so cool. Y'all remember the church? The, the, so it was a, it was a really, it was a Catholic church, right? So it was a really humongous Catholic church that we got to, we didn't get to go into it, but we got to see it from the outside and it was really, really pretty. And that's our bus driver and that's Alejandro. Alejandro's on the right. And then our bus driver's in the middle, and that's Pastor Todd. So that bus driver did not know Jesus at all. They just they just hired him, and we had some uh, close calls with his driving. He they, he was very very like guilty because of the like we almost hydroplane basically is what I'm trying to say. So we we almost wrecked, but he was he was very very upset. But here's what Pastor Todd said that that blew my mind. Because he presented the gospel to him. He, he, the guy was saying, man, I'm sorry. We could have died in that moment. And Pastor Todd said, look, if we would have died, we knew where we were going. We knew we were going to go to heaven. He said, do you know where you're going when you die? And the Lord, and Pastor Todd just used it. And the Lord used Pastor Todd to share the gospel with the bus driver. And he got saved the night before our first team left. So it was just a fruitful missions trip. There were some crazy moments that we had, but we know the fruit was greater than the chaos. And it was just such a beautiful moment at the missions trip. Um, and obviously these three also have some moments as well. Um, I have a couple of questions because we're, we're already close to 8 o'clock. But um, first question for the three of you, and you can also talk about other core moments as well. You don't have to just stick to the subject. But what experience led to a change in your perspective on this mission trip? Like what was a moment, the, what was the experience on the mission trip that kind of changed your view on missions from before? Maybe you had a different idea. So I've thought about this a lot because uh-huh. um, I saw it earlier. Um, I think it was probably one of the first nights we were there. It was that day that we went like door to door. Yeah. So that night we had a church service because we had a church service every night. And we did like the typical, like we did a kid's service and then we did for the adults and we had an altar call or whatever. But then after we finished the altar call, the pastor, get, their pastor gets up and he's like, uh, I want the Americans to come back up. So we go back up and they called up all their leaders from the church. Oh, yeah. And he was like, now we want to pray for y'all. Yeah. And like, that was just so cool because it's like, we're there to help them. We're yeah. there to minister to them and they're wanting to return the favor. Uh, and then also something, uh, uh, Jacob, I think you saw this happen actually. It's like while they said that. I knew, like, Satan was in my ear. He was like, nobody's going to come for you. Nobody's going to come pray for you. Because they wanted, like, one-on-one. Right. And I was like, nobody's going to come. So I had a backup plan in mind. I was smart. I was like, because Sarah was standing right next to me. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'll just, like, try and piggyback off of her prayer. <laughs> um, no. And then this, right. is, this was so crazy. Like, I know this was, like, a God thing. Because this lady approached me, and she said this in Spanish, but I heard it in English. She said, I got you. But she's, like, she said those words in Spanish, but I understood it in English. And as much as I like to say I'm fluent in Spanish, I'm not fluent in Spanish. Yeah, no. I know very <laughs> little, tried. very little. But I heard it, she said, I got you. And so she starts praying over me. And those of you all who know, like, I have really bad knee pain mm-hmm. just from years of being an athlete. And so she's praying. Of course, I didn't t- say all that. Again, I don't speak Spanish. But she's praying over me. And then all of a sudden, she dropped down to her knees and she started laying hands on my knee. Mm-hmm. The, like this one, the one that causes me the most pain. She just automatically started praying over it. And I was like, oh, Okay. But yeah, like that was that was just so crazy for me because it's like there was that language barrier, but instantly she knew in the spirit right. that there, I was struggling with that. Yeah. And for the rest of the trip, I had no knee pain for the, that's good. the rest of that trip. And that was the beginning. That's good. Yeah, that's a good perspective that, that, to have. That, that was that really good. Yeah, because when you when you have those like moments, like you said, I think that was a great ministry moment when they ministered to us. That was that's happened from before. I've seen it in other places, but like to see a like that language barrier 
shift. That was that was that was very precious. Very precious. Morning, you. You want to go, Isaac? Let Isaac go. Yeah, you go. You go, Isaac. Go, go Isaac. Well, they're they're so like passionate about yeah it there. Like every like we went every day of the week to a church service. Yeah, and like it would you know it was full every day. So right. It's like people don't aren't like oh it's just a just a thing to do Sunday morning Wednesday right. night. They're like yeah. very much. Yeah, they had a gratitude. Like they were very, uh, they were extremely. Uh, They're so hospitable too. Like, yes, that shocked everywhere. me. And like really humble, like the very humility. humble. Yeah, they were very very humble. They had a lot of because, like I said, they because they don't get that there. When they see us, when they come, when they like the lady for the last one for the neon night, she was like, "Thank y'all for coming. We're so excited for y'all to be here." Like the gratitude that was shown. Like we we've gone we've gone so many other places and but that one there was so much hospitality and it just it kind of it kind of felt like if it, it felt like um, the South on steroids like there was so much gratitude and like welcoming like you said hospitality a lot of people were excited for us to be there so it was very it was just very loving like to feel loved by another culture to have that you know that was that was very that was you think that's what changed your perspective about. Yeah, missions. and just seeing how like pious everyone was, like oh yeah, there every day. Oh yeah. yeah, committed to come every day. Yeah, and they don't have any of the fancy like all these lights and oh, yeah. like the fancy guitars and all that. Yeah. I mean, some of them had like electric guitars, but it was mainly right. it was acoustic. And it was, like, it was there was no AC. It was, it was hot. Like, it's hot in there, and so like, and that's like, real dedication. Action. Some yeah. people come it's like, oh, I like the music. I like like in America, but they're like they were going for Jesus. Like that was yeah. the sole reason for oh, them yeah. going. So that was yeah. definitely cool to see. It was really cool, Rachel. I think what changed my perspective the most was how God had a purpose and a reason for every single person who was there on the trip. Yeah. Like I kind of went into it thinking like, oh, like there are pastors on this trip, like Miss Dixie, Pastor Todd, Miss Tanya, like all these like high up, I guess, or like yeah. more like sanctified, more holy people there. Like I'm just kind of like, I'll take a background role. Like I won't really like be able to like do much when it comes to like praying yeah. over people or like leading people but literally we had like 10 12 year old kids there and we were all praying over people like people came up to get prayed over um i got to pray over these two <coughs> girls who gave their life to jesus and i got to pray for them for yeah. the first time and we actually ended up exchanging instagrams with each other and actually i like she dm'd me like yesterday and like we like yeah we like talk on instagram now so just like going into it thinking that like I don't really have an important part or like it doesn't really matter if I go or not, but yeah. just like God had a reason for every single person. Like there was 30 people who came here like from this church on the trip and he used every single person who went in a specific, in a very unique way. And he had a purpose and a role for each of them. Yeah. So I think that's what changed my perspective the most that like he, there is a reason that he sends us out oh, yeah. on missions trips and like it's oh, important yeah. that's the cool part like she said it wasn't just me miss dixie and pastor Todd, miss tanya doing all the work our team brought the spirit it, it wasn't just like we did everything yeah we did the preaching but the prayer the altar call we couldn't handle everybody just us four like you can't just do that so the rest of the team was able to do it and they got to experience because not everybody gets to lay on hands and, and do an altar call not everybody gets to do that. And so for them to be able to have that opportunity, it probably strengthened their spirit, strengthened their faith. And so like, like when they come, I'm like, for me, it was the same way. When I came back from 
Puebla last year, it was the same idea. The, the laying of hands, the altar call moment became stronger because I had more opportunity to do it. Besides either on a youth night or even on a main service on Sunday, like it really, it, it stirs you to like, I can do this. The Lord has given me authority in heaven and on earth to do this. And so, yeah, no, I agree. I think everybody got that opportunity to lay on hands, share the gospel. Rachel got to share the gospel to these two young girls. Didn't even know her, couldn't even say the language. And, and Rachel shared that with them. Um, by the way, it's 8.05. If you have to leave, you can. If you drove here, you can stay. We're just going to try and finish all the questions as much as, as fast as we can. But if you need to go, you, you can go. Um, question number two is kind of sounds the same as the first question, but what experience did God reveal to you on this trip that changed you, that changed you when you, and when you got back? So almost like not a perspective change, but like something in you that, change like something that something about you that like 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 a whole shift in you that changed when you got back um I think it was a lot of I got like more compassion for people because what I noticed is like every time we would go out and like we would pray over people they were so willing to just they would immediately be oh well my marriage is failing and I just lost my job and this this and this and this and so it's like oh wow like they're really dealing with stuff but when they would get back here and nobody's people here only tell that to people who they're really close to and they're telling that to strangers. Right. So that kind of opened my eyes to, oh, wow, people here are probably dealing with the same thing. Yeah. They're just not very open about it. So like, yeah. kind of like that thing, it's like, oh, you never know what people are dealing with. Yeah. That kind of, like, I've taken that with me back That's good. here. Yeah, you're right, because they don't, they don't, uh, that's what they were saying. I think Pastor Todd was saying it. They don't, they don't, they don't trust a lot of the people there because there's a lot of people in Costa Rica, like Costa Rica, like even uh, who was what was her name? Miss, was it Miss Rowena, the older lady? Yeah. So she she sensed in the spirit that a part of Costa Rica, a location in Costa Rica, was just wallowing in sin, and she could tell a lot of them were chained and in bondage. And so we realized that Costa Rica had a lot of sinful natures that nobody could talk to, like they didn't have somebody to talk them through their walk with the Lord. So we got that opportunity to do that. And that was, yeah, that they were very open about everything. Yeah. It was very, very interesting. One of you two. Um, I feel like mine is kind of lo- along the same lines, but just like the generosity of everybody that was there. Like when we would go knock on people's doors, like of their houses, they would just welcome us inside. They'd be like, come in. It's just like this one little bedroom, like house, just like, like a mattress on the floor. And like, yeah, it's like, it's like nothing there. But then they like offered us like, I know some of the groups that went out, they offered them like mango juice and like water, like anything that we needed. And like, they don't have like hardly anything. And then like all of the churches that we went to, cause we would go to like, Sometimes we'd go to multiple different churches in one day, but they always cooked us food. Like, we always had breakfast, lunch, and dinner provided for us. Right. Like, and, like, just the fact that they went out and bought all that stuff and prepared it for us and just, like, so willing to, like, serve us and, like, give us anything that we needed, even when they didn't hardly have enough for themselves. Right. It just really, like, changed my perspective about, like, how blessed we are here in America. And, like, oh, we yeah. don't even, like, realize it half the time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was yeah, mine. that's good. Side note, the food that they were cooking was really good. Oh, it, was it was so good. For it was no surprising. Reason. Like, it was bomb. It was very surprising. Some of it, some of it you're not used to, but, like, a lot of it, I was very surprised. Even the to-go plates that they made was, was very, good. very... It was very, very good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I drank coffee for the first time what? that week. But no, what? that's not <laughs> consistently. That was the first time. <laughs> I cannot. Um, so personally, I felt like I was just going to be there, like move things, do things in the back. I can't serve people in any special way. But right, then, right. you know, like praying for people, all that stuff. It was like, no, it's it's not just stay at home, pray your prayers, read the read the good book. Yeah. Actually, like actually serving people and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That is good. No, yeah, I think I think everyone like there's there's always like even when I went on my first mission trip last year, even being as a youth pastor, just like what can I do? What can I do? And they, we had a lot of amazing moments in Puebla where my perspective got changed and I was in the same boat of like like I I can't like there are things where like there was a reason why we were there and I'm and I'm not just some third wheel like I was there was something important the importance of us being there was was a big deal yeah um everybody answered right mm-hmm. for the second one okay um third one what aspects vary between Costa Rica and the United States like when you went to Costa Rica what was there that sh- culture shocked you compared to what we have in the US what was the difference? Spot the difference. Uh, I think I think we kind of hit it on hit on it earlier. Um, just the fact that they were so open and willing yeah. to. Because I mean, like I said, like people here, like they're like mm, very closed off. They were so open. And then also, like Rachel said, they were just like o- like letting people in from another country, strangers into their house. Oh yeah, they all had like like bars. Yes, yeah, like, like they legit, covering their house. Every single like, house had cages. Yeah, like guarding. Like you couldn't knock on the door like you like had we to had scream to, like, we had to have a pen and we would like yeah, bang we it would, on like, the, like the iron to like yeah but yeah like that, that's just such a culture shock for me because like i know if somebody from costa rica showed up at my house and said would you like me to pray for you i'd be like please go away yeah no, please refrain from coming in my house yeah but yeah, yeah. that's fine yeah. so that was definitely a culture shock. so they had these things at the the place we stayed it was like a seminary or something they had these things in the showers they called Widowmakers. I was going to say that. They're called what? <laughs> so, the Widowmakers. What'd they say? The Widowmakers. The Widowmakers. Oh, yeah. Right? They said that the, the electricity <laughs> doesn't go through it, but sometimes I just forgot that it was a thing and I zapped myself twice. You did? Stop. Bro, I was scared. I was so scared. Yes. I didn't want to touch it. When when Mr. Ken was telling us about the Widowmaker, I was just I was just scared. So I just didn't touch it. But if you touch look, if Isaac survived, so I was like, survive. you just feel a little tingly like for right a few seconds. Holy Ghost tingle. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's funny. So, yeah. also, they didn't speak English, which is very different. Oh, yeah, very different. And yeah. unlike here, Costa Rica, yeah. the stepping outside won't make you like instantly sweat like a pig. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the weather was super temperate. Like, it was very. Yeah. It was very, very, especially in the morning. It was very cold. Like, it was cold at night yeah. to the point where like you could, you could leave the doors open. It was like, it was very, very good. Very, very cooling. Hey, y'all talking over there, we got, we, we're trying to do this, so I just need y'all to pay attention. Thank you. Uh, who was next? That was, I okay, was Raquel. Raquel. Be like, this is so random, but like showers. And then. The showers? Yeah. Is that what you said? Because <laughs> you showers. also, you couldn't drink the water, so I couldn't even sing in the shower, guys. Like, you couldn't sing my Tay Tay. cross that she had to carry on the trip. Yeah, my, my Taylor Swift. You do not. I sang no very loud in the shower. No, because if you swallow the, the water, it wasn't going to be yeah, good. Oh, yeah, like, they, told, they say you're not supposed I to could, drink the water. It was I can do this for five days. You can just spit it out. You spit it out. There you go. 
Yeah. There's more germs, though. So that was yeah. my lament of the day. Uh, ooh, I really liked how all the houses were super colorful. Like Barbie pink, like bright blue, like vibrant yellow. I was like, mm-hmm. these are my kind of colors. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> Barbie. Barbie's a new adjective. Barbie. Barbie. It's, so Barbie. it's very Barbie. Yeah, yeah. it's very Barbie. LOL. <laughs> um, <laughs> question number four. Um, uh, what lessons did you learn from the Lord during uh, the journey? Like during that trip, what was a lesson you think like really like you were like you were like dang it Jesus? Bro, you gotta tell me on the trip, dang it Jesus! Like that. Because this of- is another one that like, I really been thinking about. Because he actually gave me this on the trip, and I've been waiting for a chance to uh-huh, to deliver. Okay. So um, <laughs> okay, I can tell. We were sitting. Yeah. <laughs> we were sitting on the bus, and um, and. Like the Lord kind of just gave me, like he put the little scripture on my mind. It's Ephesians six twelve. For we don't fight flesh and blood enemies, but the rulers of the darkness and different principalities. And so as we were like going, like driving through the little streets or whatever, and just like seeing people in their natural habitats, and like we knew that we were kind of in a dangerous area. So like we know like, and like even here, like you know, there's criminals or whatever. Right. And the Lord kind of spoke that to me, and I realized that even like Jesus died for everyone. Jesus died right. for murderers. He dri- He died for rapists like everybody right and so even those people who may have been out there who wanted to hurt us they're still our brothers and sisters in christ if they choose to accept that gift and so um that was just kind of something that i had to learn on the trip and i mean it kind of honestly it kind of helped any fear like any anxiety that i had because it's like i know the lord's protecting me because i'm not fighting them i'm fighting the spirits that are that's good yeah Kind of like how Miss Rowena was saying, how there, there was a spirit. Yeah, there. Like, that's, like that's what we're fighting. We're not this, fighting these people, right? Like the same thing. Like like it's the same thing with Jesus when Peter was like, "You can't go to the cross," and he's like, "Get behind me, Satan." Yeah. It wasn't Peter; it was the spirit behind right. us. So yeah, yeah, going into this, it wasn't nobody was an enemy, and it's such a good principle even here, yeah, sure. in our own place, in our own area, that people are not your enemy. Yeah. Yes, they might seem like the problem, but they're not the problem. The enemy behind them is the yeah. problem. So when you go into those places, you don't look at those people as just evil. You look behind it. There's always something. Uh, there's always a motive behind that that person, behind that flesh. So, um, one did two. What lessons did you learn from Jesus? Um, I learned a lot, but I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was like how universal like the presence of God is and it doesn't matter what language that they're singing in like because we would go to the worship services and like nine times out of ten like some of them were really cute and they prepared like Hillsong for us but like they were still singing (laughs) Spanish but they were like this is for you Americans and they would sing like what a beautiful name or something yeah um but like I had no idea what they were saying like half the time but like the presence of God was so tangible and just like so present right. in every church that we were in. And like, I don't know, like you read in the Bible, it's like God's everywhere. And like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, I feel him here when I understand what's being said. But like when you go to a different country and just like really experiencing like, yeah. wow, God's presence really is everywhere. And it like transcends all like yeah. language barriers. It doesn't matter. And then like, one specific moment was when we were singing Oceans that night. Oh, yeah, yeah that Saturday night. night with the kids. 
um, at the dance party that we had, they started playing Oceans, and the kids were singing their hearts out in Spanish, and we were singing in English, and it was all just, like, joining together, and we were just standing there worshiping, and, like, we were singing in English, they were singing in Spanish, and, like, it was all the same thing to God, and, like, it didn't matter to him, and, like, his presence was still there. So that was just, like, an amazing experience, and it made me realize, like, how big God really is. And like, yeah. it doesn't matter where you go in the world. Like he is still God and he's still there and his presence is still the yeah, same absolutely. no matter what. So oh, yeah. that was the biggest thing to me. That's good. No, like she said, like it, because I think our, I think our heart, if you're so focused on, Oh, I can't read the lyrics, then you miss the heart of the spirit. Yeah. But if you're just there, you know, you're still worshiping the Lord because that's even something I've been learning. Even in my own personal walk, if I'm relying on a lyrical worship song to carry me into the presence of God, I've lost my taste in the Lord. Yeah. I've lost that. If I'm constantly waiting for the for some other worship person to lead me in that, I've lost that. So when you go, when we went to to Costa Rica and to experience that, because we were focused on Jesus, that that was we we all experienced the presence no matter what the language was. Yeah. And so, like you, like Rachel was saying, like because even though there was a language barrier in the songs, the Lord still rocked everybody yeah. and just and just sent down his presence it was a beautiful like beautiful thing yeah. what we had there isaac <clears throat> so two things uh for one thing like i said i thought i was just gonna well, i'll go i guess just right, right. help things but actually you know served people right. so that was good and the yeah. second thing was like you read in the bible oh yeah paul he would kill all the christians yada yada, right, yada. jesus right. changed him yeah. Okay, you know, like you yeah. know that in your head, but then like before the uh, the before the G-rated rave, and then the uh, <laughs> the G-rated rave, yeah, it wasn't PG thirteen. Uh, Alejandro gave his testimony. Oh, dude, and it was like you couldn't tell looking at him that no. he used to be no. a gangster and like a murderer and all that. Yeah, like that was the one shot. Yeah. Alejandro, the, the our, our translator, his whole story was that this dude uh, did he say, did he say that he that he murdered his own family? Well, he tried, no, he, his tried own family. he tried to kill his dad. Like, yeah, he tried to kill. He tried okay, to kill yeah. his dad and his brother. So so this dude this dude his heart was just full of evil. It was full of evil, and he he was just telling us like the 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 lengths of of what was going on and like just the stuff he was doing. Like we actually went to a location where his old like domain of being that murderer was and he was weeping he was like thank god i'm not where i was and that that is the same picture like you said you read paul's story and you're like okay i read that that's paul he killed christians he saved now but when you look at people like alejandro that's like a paul where like nobody if you've never met paul then you wouldn't know what he did from before this dude murdered people same thing with Alejandro's story. So yeah, it was a shocker, like to actually have a Paul-like story to hear it in action. It shocks the soul. It shocked us. Like I, like like Isaac said, I didn't even real. I didn't. I couldn't even tell that Alejandro was like this. Dude was funny, loving, uh, full of life. Um, this he was hilarious. This, all the jokes he made, it was stupid jokes, but it was funny because it was Alejandro saying it. It was just the funniest stuff. But the stuff, but the story he told us did not match, and that's the full power of him being changed by Jesus. That was the full power to see that in the in the testimony. It was very very beautiful. Um, final question, and then uh, after we answer, I'll I have a little 
side thing, and then we'll pray and close. Uh, question five: Do you think you will go on another mission trip in the future? And if would you recommend? Yeah, I, I, Rachel's like, no, I'll never go back again. No, <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna be okay. Um, would you go on another mission trip? And if you could recommend and encourage everyone in here, should they genuinely go? Obviously, I laid the groundwork at the beginning, but do they? Should they go on a mission trip, like from your own experience? <laughs> I guess they just Dude, assumed, what does this mean okay, to you? They just assumed since Rachel assumed I would go first. I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I wait. What was the question? Oh yeah. Do oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> I would you, absolutely no. go. Yeah. Do a, you think you'll go on another yeah, mission sure. and encourage them to? Dude, go I would like legit go back to Costa Rica. I, I was talking to Alejandro yeah. and like I jokingly, I, I was telling him what I wanted to go to school for. He was like, Oh well, you're gonna have to come back and plant a church. Yeah. So I was like, Dude, hit me up. Like I'll come. <laughs> I'll come back. Um. No, and uh, what was the second half of the question? It's not a question. Um, like, like, uh, like, would you encourage others, like in this room or other people around you, to go on a, their first mission? Absolutely, because I remember um, before, like, a couple days before we left, I was talking to Miss Tina about this. Just how, how I felt, um, kind of distant from God, and I was like, dude, like, I'm legit about to go on a missions trip, and I don't even feel like I'm connected to God. Like, how am I supposed to go out there and yeah. preach if I don't feel Him? So then, so like, we kind of talked about it, whatever. So then I go out there. And I mean, I legit got to, um, we got to experience his protection, his love. And just I, I, after everything we've talked about tonight, we got to experience all right. that. And it really just strengthened my faith. And now there, there's like no doubt in my mind, like this is where we were meant to be. We were definitely meant to go there. And it's good for anyone. It's a, it's a faith strengthener. And it's also just a great way to, um, to experience ministry in a, in a new way. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yes, I would go again. Heck yeah. <laughs> would you but, encourage others in your circle or even them in this room, like, to encourage them to go on their first mission? No, trip? yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Absolutely Don't not. Go. Just go to Costa Rica. There's a possible chance you might run into Alejandro or Fernando. <laughs> you so will. Yeah. That's, Fernando. yeah, the driver. Fernando love him. Whenever oh, we yeah, left, yeah. it was, like, at the, at the, uh, airport it was so sad like he was like goodbye oh, yeah. he was, hugging he was with y'all at the airport the, the second day yeah oh man. Fernando, bro okay i have a picture yeah. of the i have a picture of the bus driver before we prayed over him and then like immediately after the yeah. whole trip that man was like this oh yeah he was very he was rude i lost my luggage at one point oh. and he like wanted to catch an attitude with me about it but then i, I was like where's my you want to me you <laughs> I was, I, like, where's, I was like, where's my bag? <laughs> and he was like, no, and then like immediately after, like you could just see like a spirit change. You could yeah. see it on his face. He was smiling and he was happy. So yeah, I thought it was a video. Fernando, man, I love him. Yeah. Now I do. Was that ever funny? I didn't answer. I thought you no. Oh, wait, no, because I thought she was going to say no. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> I was going to be like, no, no, no. I definitely, why was that so loud? <laughs> um. Yes, I definitely would. What was the question? Recommend it? Would, uh, would you Would you go again in the future? And would you oh, recommend I it to would. the, the I was literally telling Abby a couple days ago. Because <laughs> um, on Sunday morning, they did like a little recap like for main service. And I was sitting there with Abby. I was like, man, I really wish I was there again. And then, yeah, I would definitely say like it just really changes your perspective. And like it was really cool how not only did God use us to like help bring people in Costa Rica closer to him, but like he also used the trip to like bring us closer to him too. Like he ministered to us like as much as he ministered to the people there. Like honestly, I feel like I might, my life might have been changed more than like their lives were like, honestly, like, so yeah, definitely. That's good. Definitely. 
That's good. I'm it's also a great way to make new friends. Because I know, like, yes. some of the people that came. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with Isaac before that trip. I didn't even know Justice before this trip. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then, like, we left and, like, we were all besties. So, if, you want, if you're lonely and you want to make friends, go yeah. on a yeah, And you really, have $1,500, go on a mission. I didn't really know Abby and then, like, <laughs> I didn't really know Abby before this shit, but now I really know Abby. <laughs> Unfortunately, now I really know this shit. Like, I already wow. knew like my brother and Simeon really, really well, and yeah. we roomed with Elijah and got to know him better. Yeah. Amen. Hello. Amen. You guys, yeah, y'all got to know a lot. Amen. Praise the Lord. No. Oh, that's funny. Um. Well, yeah, I think this was. I think this was a good thing to kind of like. That's why I wanted them to share it more than just either me or another. Per, like like even like even my wife sharing it because I think when you hear other stories and like experiences, it kind of fuels you up. And like man, because you probably heard something about a mission trip and it's just maybe it's a bad rep, maybe it's just a bad experience. I'm encouraging you from those testimonies. Go on a mission trip. You like I plan to take us again on another one next year. We will be going on another one next year. Um, so if you really want to, just pray on it. But I, but, but, but you, you need to go. It's, it's a life-changing experience. It, it shows you how much it just, for me, like this whole, that whole trip, every, every, the, the last two mission trips I've taken showed me just for me personally, it might not be for everybody, but for me personally, it showed me how much I needed Jesus. I always know how much I need Jesus in America, but when I went to Costa Rica, I'm like, I need Jesus way more. Because it takes you deeper. A mission trip takes you te- deeper with him than you ever thought than you did, that you did. And one testimony, and then we'll pray and, and we'll close. There was this guy for the youth in the United, the, the church that we went to, the last church on Saturday. Not the last church, but the church on Saturday. For the youth in the United, the sound guy, um, he was trying to set up the song for the skit and stuff. And the dude, as we were Google Translate, this dude, just, his hands are shaking. Like I could tell he was very like introverted and like 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 was kind of like awkward and he was shaking his hands and it's just it just it, the Lord dropped him on my heart and I was like man I'm just gonna stay in the spirit and pray over him. Um, by the youth neon night after we prayed for all the students and the Holy Spirit fell, the as I preached the message the dude walked up to me and he had a Google translation on. And he said, dude, I, he, he said, so, I, I'm trying to remember what he said, but he said something like, I don't know what I'm living for. I've been having a rough time with my walk with the Lord. Like, I don't know what I'm living for. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to live at all. I need somebody to help me. I need help. And in that moment, I knew exactly, I, I needed a translator and I needed, uh, I got Matt and Elijah to be on the side of me, Matt Warsham. And I got the translator to come there and I told her, I said, look, the Lord is telling me to tell him. He the his he has a life to live, and when she heard it, the like she got hit by the Holy Spirit because she started weeping, and then she tells him, and he just falls on the floor shaking and crying, like the I think the Lord was releasing something out of him, and then depositing his spirit in in, in this guy. I forgot his name. I feel bad. I re- I like this. I have him on Instagram. He messages me now, and I was telling him afterwards because i was just praying over any type of fear uh, uh, a spirit a spirit of heaviness because this dude was like like it was bad so after we prayed over he got up i hugged him i said dude i love you if you need anything like like i got his instagram in that moment y'all it blessed me after the whole session had ended he was google translating and his hands were not shaking 
that dude was completely restored from the inside out because because he took a moment of like, you know what? I'm tired of being this way. I'm going to see what the Lord has for me. And he took it. Elijah shared with him his, his testimony, and that also changed his life as well. So with that, and I, he messaged me the other day um, and said, like, if I need, if I need like, somebody to talk to, if I need like counseling, not a lot of people out here in Costa Rica, I can't really talk to a lot of them. Can I, can I chat with you if I'm dealing with something? I said, dude, you text me no matter what time it is. And he felt that he felt the gratitude of somebody else who genuinely cared about him. Not just some type of like, yeah, man, praise be to God. Like, 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 like the Lord wants to meet with you. He wants to encounter you. And I told him that, and he was just so blessed to know that the Lord wanted to encounter him. So that testimony, I wanted to leave you with that because like these stories, they were legit. There were, there were people, there were people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. There were people receiving, receiving a radical transformation, not just, not just being changed in their behavior. Their spirits were literally being raised from the dead. They were literally being raised from a spiritual sleep and they received power. The Bible says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They received power and it was a beautiful thing for us to see and it changed us. So I highly encourage you. If you go on a mission trip, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed on a mission trip, okay? So let's pray. I know we're really far over, but let's pray and then we'll, we'll, we'll dismiss. So Lord, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. Even your presence just being here, Lord. Even through worship, the, the, the altar moment, Lord. Even the coffee talk, Lord. We just thank you for your presence, for you being in this present moment. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this trip that we got to go on. Lord, I pray that you would bless our team that went. Lord, that we can share even more testimonies. Lord, even even us four out of the 30 that went. Lord, I pray the rest of the of the team can also share the same experiences they've encountered with you and with others. And Father, I pray for everybody in this room who hasn't been on a mission trip. Lord, ignite a fire within their body, Lord, to go on one. Lord, give them a passion and excitement to at least go on one foreign mission trip. Lord, I pray that you would, you would, you would light an excitement within them, Lord, to where when they go, Lord, they get changed that even though they're going to change others, Lord, that you're sending us out there to minister to others. I pray that this, the mission ship they will go on will minister to them personally. And Lord, we just thank you for that, Lord. And we just thank you for the rest of tonight. I pray your blessing over this whole place. And I pray for a safe trip home. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for showing us what a mission trip truly is. And I pray that we would all experience one in our lifetime. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.